Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Bowdis. On today's show, I brought uh, on the Bowdis Financial team, uh, Kayla, Kira, and John, to talk about AI and ChatGPT. So ChatGPT, it's the AI tool that's generated a lot of buzz over the past year. And the motivation for actually doing a podcast episode on this was uh, back in June, we had uh, a guest, Manoj Argarwal, on the show, and he talked about AI. And, you know, one of the things we talked about on that show was, you know, is this going to lead to people losing their jobs or are there going to be new jobs created or what's going on? And one of the things he suggested on that was, you know, everyone um, should start off by testing out, experimenting ChatGBT, see what it can help you in your daily lives, your work or anything that you have going on. And yeah, of course, you know, just like any technology trend, some industries will be impacted more than others will. Um, but I thought maybe it would be a, a pretty interesting experiment if we took the team here and just with the, you know, the guidance of just try it out, figure out something that you think it could be useful for. Let's test it out. You know, did it work? Did it not work? Have you continued using it? Were you able to improve the results and just kind of report back and just have kind of like a little roundtable discussion on? So with that being said, we're going to start off with Kayla. How have you used it or have you tried it out uh, recently? I've tried it in a few different ways. I used it um, originally to the one of the, I was thinking of it from like a financial planning perspective, because that's obviously our jobs, but um, like from looking at like a company, if someone asks about a stock, like if someone's curious about NVIDIA is a big example, but like if there's some company that we've never heard of, just a way to like look at a quick primer and see what the company does, how they make their money. Like it, Chat GPT is, I think it only goes until it only has knowledge until 2021. So, but like just to understand background, it's helpful there. So, I thought the same thing. And, you know, I get asked a lot and we all get asked a lot what are the AI stocks that someone should invest in? Or they'll ask, you know, what are the, the upcoming ones? And like you said, everyone knows about NVIDIA, but what are some of the more not obscure ones, but ones that people aren't necessarily don't have as much a high profile on? And I found the same thing. I tried that out and it came back and said, I only have data up until September, 2021. And that was one of the things I was like, okay, this is kind of strange. Like this AI is like leading edge technology yet. How is it useful if it only has data up until essentially two years ago? But I don't know if I was missing something or if it really is like constraint of it has two year old data in it. Yeah. Hopefully they find a way to make it more real time. I mean, I'm sure they will. I also used it to like ask like a really detailed financial planning question just to see if they could do it, like give me the right answer. And it was like something involving someone inheriting a, an account. And there's a lot of different ways, especially within the past few years that like that could uh, impact someone from a tax perspective. So I was asking it those questions. It gave me like a wrong answer. And then it started like making up like IRS language that like didn't exist. Like I was trying to find like the IRS thing and it just like, it didn't exist. 
But for like more basic financially stuff, like it was somewhat helpful. It would just like spit out, like think about these three main things, but like it missed the mark and explained like the wrong IRS legislation and like a really convincing way. So it could be like, like that's a danger I saw of it. Do you think eventually it will get smarter? I don't know. I think it will get better, but I don't think it's there yet. And it's hard to say when. I don't think this is ChatGPT, but I have Grammarly downloaded in my on my browser. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it essentially, it's kind of like a better spell check. It just looks at like your emails and your work documents and it just underlines and stuff when there's something it sees wrong. It has like an AI thing that can help you write an email. And I tried, I loaded like emails into it so it would understand how I write. You guys would think I was insane if I sent that email. Like it didn't sound like a person wrote it. So I don't think it's there or close to being there yet. It's interesting because like everyone is now saying, oh, we have an AI product. So it it is kind of getting blanketed across everything when in reality, some of it's useful and some of it seems like it's not as as useful or there yet. But I think it is a big rush where companies are out there just trying to put something out there, claiming that it's an AI, you know, to be one of the first to market and without really making sure that it's a robust product. I remember Apple Maps when they like came out, they were the competitor to Google Maps and Google Maps was far ahead and Apple Maps just threw their thing out there. It had like lots of wrong maps loaded and they said, you know what, we're going to put it out there because it's going to learn over time. And they were less concerned about providing wrong information than getting people on it so that it would improve in the in the future. So I guess maybe AI is doing something similar. Uh, Kira, you're up next. What have, uh, what have you used it for? Okay, so I have like two examples. The first is you can use it to learn a new skill. So for example, I wanted to brush up on my Italian uh, before a trip I'm taking to Italy in September. I learned Italian in college, so I do have like a basic understanding. So I asked chat GPT, can you create a study schedule for me to learn Italian in two months? And it did. So it spit back a eight week schedule. They're organized like weeks one to two, building the basics, three to four, expanding vocabulary, five to six, deepening understanding, so on and so forth. Each section had a daily routine for the morning, for the afternoon and for the evening, and then a weekend activity. So for example, one of the weekend activities was to find a language partner to practice speaking and listening skills with. That's kind of a hard thing because not everyone speaks Italian. So it could be hard for me to find a language partner to do this with, especially considering I'm no longer in college or amongst peers who are learning the language. So you can actually use chat GPT for this sort of language testing. So instead of finding someone random out in the world, you can just say, um, I typed in, you're my Italian teacher. Can you test me on some common phrases that I should know? And then from there, chat GPT asked me a series of questions in Italian that I can then respond to and type back in in Italian. And then they can mark them as correct or incorrect, explain why certain responses are incorrect. And as you get better at refining your questions to chat GPT, you can be more specific about the level of your understanding. So like if you're just a basic learner or like an intermediate in the language, Or if you want to specifically be asked questions that are related to, for me, it would be traveling. So like asking where places are located, learning how to order at a restaurant or at a cafe. So you can kind of really refine that. And basically, you know, one of the pointers there is that when you're on chat GPT, 
each chat, the AI is remembering all the past messages. So whenever I do want to learn Italian, I go to that specific chat versus I'll talk about another way that you can use it is you can use ChatGBT to summarize books or like website articles that are like long. So for example, there's a popular personal finance book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I've never read before, but I've heard a lot of things about. I typed into ChatGBT, summarize the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Give me an outline of the most important concepts. It actually outlined the book into sections, including like the introduction, one through 13, then the conclusion. Under each section, there were bullet points of takeaways. And you can get a lot more information from this kind of summarization than you would from like the back of the book. Or even like from someone who is just summarizing the book based off of memory. So this could help you figure out if reading a book is actually going to be one that you'd enjoy, that you learn from. Maybe it's topics that you already know about, so you don't want to waste your time actually reading the book. Or you could do the same thing with pages on the web. So you can actually like drop in links to pages on the web and ask for summarizations of content. And then of course, I also use ChatGPT to help me with smaller tasks at work. So I do all of our firm's marketing. I might ask ChatGBD to help with content creation. So for example, I type in what are 15 unique personal finance topics that we can write about for our company's blog. Or a big one that I use it for pretty frequently is writing or rewriting headlines. So for example, I might type in like a headline that I have already planned out for a video and ask ChatGBT to rewrite it with 10 possible variations. And then from there, I can kind of pick and choose like how I want to word things, what's the best way to word it. So that's just some of the examples of how I've used it. Are those some of the the headlines that you're using for our newsletter? Um, I don't do it for the newsletter as much as for just like blog content, video content. You can specifically ask if you are writing a newsletter, you can specifically tell it what the content is within the newsletter and say, can you write me a subject line and preview text? And are you using it? ChatGPT on the browser. I know there's a mobile app that's gotten very popular too. I've tried both or one versus the other. I just use it on my browser. I haven't downloaded the mobile app yet. Kayla, I think you you said you tried out the mobile app. Yeah, I've done it both ways. I think it's, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. And Kira, I know you mentioned Think and Grow Rich. I guess it had knowledge of the book already. and Yeah, it has knowledge of everything online. So you can just name a book title. Um, And so really what ChatGPT does versus Google searching is like, it takes away you having to find the credible information and it just populates it within five, 10 seconds. And John, what has your experience been? Very much like Kayla and, uh, and Kira had mentioned, I find it to be, you know, if you look at it from a broad scope of its accuracy, of course, you have to be careful as to what you take from it. If there's a possibility that what it's giving you is not accurate, you have to take that into consideration. So I, I find it to be quick and useful for certain things that I don't want to say aren't important, but you're just curious about them. I've used it with my kids a lot. Like if they're curious about something, uh, it, it's a lot like Alexa. Like we use her a lot. You know, we'll ask her questions, you know, how far is the moon away from earth or just, you know, s- silly things like that that we're talking about. Obviously it has a ways to go when it comes to something, for instance, what Kayla was talking about with the IRS you're clearly not going to follow your taxes based on the advice you get from it, but it might be a tool amongst all the different things and research and a good place to start. 
it feels to me like it's a glorified Google search. When I'm looking at Google and I do a search there and let's say I'm doing research on something, I'll look at a lot of different places and feel out how accurate I think each place is or, you know, maybe look for some redundancy across certain places where I know, okay, this site might be wrong because there's more people that are saying this. So the source of where it's getting its information from and how it's getting it makes it really hard for me to not take it with a grain of salt. And with that said, being an avid runner and and liking to train, I asked it if, if it could put together a training, a marathon training program for me. And as you guys know, and many do that know me, I've helped, I've helped some people out through training and I have a long history with running. So I thought that'd be a good place to start. And to be honest, the plan that it, that it put together was, was not bad. I've certainly seen worse. <laughs> there were certain, certainly things that I would change, but the base, the basis of it and the way that it flowed and, and some of the information it was giving you was, was pretty close. With that said, I did the same thing and did a Google search. And, and again, I found a lot, a lot of information there that was very similar to what put out. So I put together also like nutrition obviously goes hand in hand with training, um, uh, a nutrition plan, maybe to, to lose weight, or I tried it a different couple of different ways. And, and like the marathon training plan, I did try different approaches. And, and of course, as you added more information into the question you asked, it got way more accurate. I almost think that in a way, I feel like it's almost unfair because the amount of information is so large that's out there that it seems almost to me hard for me to wrap my head around and almost seems impossible that it would engulf everything that's out there. And not just all the information, but all the different topics. I mean, there's, it's endless amount of, there's an endless amount of number of topics you could put in there. Um, you know, with that said, I feel like it's heading in this direction. You can see where they're heading with it. And I, you can see how they're going to get better with it. And it's, it's heading in a, in a direction that's going to be even more and more as it moves along useful. Um, and I think I'm sure they, the people who design these things know the challenges that they have. I was reading the other day, like, when you're talking about all this information, it's just where do you store it all? Um, the, the CPUs are like overheating and like, how do you, there's all these, these, these things that are just way above my pay grade when it comes to technology, but they're, I'm sure they're aware of those uh, roadblocks to making this better. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a visual path as to how to get around these things. Like, like you guys were saying, Mark, the 2021, think about the challenges there. It's not just keeping it up to date. So let's say, let's say it's up to date now and that moment passed. And now there's, there's already like news is not stopping. So especially when it comes to news and, and, and developments, it's unrealistic. I feel like today, based off of what I know for it to always be up to date. So if you're looking for something, there could be something that happens in the last five minutes that it's not up to date on so that the limitations are, are interesting, but, but, uh, you know, I feel like it has that direction. And it almost feels like the best application for this would be to towards specific things. So if you built a chat GPT that was just for financial planning, let's say, and I'm sure that's what these companies are doing. Like say, for instance, lawyers, they might say, put every precedent from every case in history, every word that was said in a court towards real estate law. To me, that's super helpful because you could then go in and say, Hey, I have this case. You know, this person's suing this person or this person's trying to do this. And you very, very quickly can very to, towards something very, very specific. As you bring it in, maybe there are better uses for the technology towards keeping things more specific, even just based off of me adding more information into the question on how it makes it that much more accurate. 
I can kind of see, see where it's going. I think a lot of it is hype. It's hard to know how quickly it's going to impact our lives in such a way that people are talking about. It's hard to even invest in something like that too, right? Because we all said it with cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency could be very, very relevant in our lives, but nobody, there's no clear path as to how exactly, how good it is, you know, how important it's going to be and when. And I think that's a big part of investing. So I would, I would say, say to people, be very, very careful as to when you see prices rising and, and falling based off of this technology to take it with a grain of salt and be very, very careful with what you hear and what you see, because it's, it's really, really hard to make that the connection between when this is going to be, make such an impact that a company is going to benefit from it in a way that would impact your portfolio without the risk that's just through the roof. Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, there's going to be different industries that are impacted differently from it, like the legal field. Everyone is saying that that's one where maybe it's able to generate contracts or do different things with if it has every legal case or or precedent before it, I guess it could do a lot of analysis on it. I think the medical field is another one where, you know, with just all that medical data that's out there, whether it's generating a custom prescription plan for someone or researchers trying to research different diseases. And, um, you know, obviously we're in the financial planning field. So um, I could, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's in its infancy, you know, like you were saying, is it a glorified Google search? Is it, you know, can I ask my Alexa the same kind of things? Uh, I initially thought something similar. So the way I used it is I said, you know what, let me just play around with budgeting. And I said, I asked chat GBT, build me a budget for someone earning. And I tried different incomes and I said in different areas, I said in New Jersey or in uh, somewhere in, in a less expensive state. And it spit back, it came back and said, you know, spend 25 to 35% on housing, uh, 400 to 600 on groceries, transportation of 300 to 600. So it was something generic. And I said, okay, that's pretty, uh, not very useful. Uh, I guess, it, you know, maybe that's a little bit useful because we do get asked someone will ask, am I spending too much on housing or too much on this? And it's a general question that probably needs a specific answer. So then I said, well, what if I improve or give more information on the on the query? So I said, all right, let me put an income in and then let me actually list out the expenses. So I said, all right, there's someone who's spending 2000 on rent, $150 a month on utilities, 200 on car insurance. And I listed out you know, what someone is spending. Um, and I said, please help me create a, a budget and then I said, with the savings goals that I want to have an emergency fund, a $10,000 vacation fund, and I want to save for, for uh, in an IRA for retirement. Then its response was a little bit more useful because it was a little more specific. So it came back and said, you should be saving. You should, it said, you should have six months or three to six months in an emergency fund. You should be saving, uh, I think it said $150 a month to that. Um, it said, for a vacation fund to save an amount to that. And what it did is it looked up my budget, looked up my income and looked at the difference and said, all right, here's your surplus. Here's how you can spend the surplus based off of what your goals were. And I think it's something that over time I'd be able to refine and really get it to. So it was still a little bit generic on how it did it. But I think over time, if I said, you know, maybe specified the amount of the vacation fund or the time when I wanted to use the vacation fund or maybe specifics about not just saying save in a retirement account, but specifics about I want to retire at this age with this amount of money, then maybe it could, you know, and I don't think it's there yet with the ability to really come back with a, and I guess you can call it a financial plan. Um, 
But I think, you know, I don't know, maybe over time it does get to be more robust on, on, you know, the, the data that we could put into it and, you know, what it, what it spits back to us. I then tried, I said, you know what, let me try something personal. Um, so what I found was a, uh, a YouTube video on how to use ChatGPT to draft your fantasy football team. Um, so this was kind of, of interesting, um, just playing fantasy football a lot. You, you basically have two options. You can obviously go pick by pick. And when your time to pick is up, you pick a player, you, you know, you look at the players that have been drafted, the avail- available players, and you make a selection. Or for a while now, fantasy football has had this concept of an auto draft where it ranks the players. Um, and then you don't have to do anything. It comes to your time to pick and it drafts the next highest ranked player. And this is not very useful because it doesn't take into account a lot of things like who you have already drafted on your team, who, um, you know, is it a position that you need? Um, would it give you too many people that have the same bye weeks? And um, so this I, was actually, at least I was very optimistic that this would be something that was useful to use. Um, what I had to do was load rotowire data into ChatGPT to, to try it out. Um, and then I, what I, where I had trouble was actually getting it, getting the draft data into it. So I couldn't fully try the experiment, but, um, I guess, I guess if I spent more time trying it, it would have been something that, um, you know, would have been interesting to use because it's something that, that I've done all the time. Um, I think the, you know, Kayla, going back to the, and, and, and John too, you were talking about, you know, stocks and, and, the, the fact that it's using stale data. I don't know how it gets like, that's, I don't know how you, it's useful at all for something like that. Like you said, you know, stocks, it, it's not even that the fact that it's stale data stocks price in future data. So it's like, it's not even close to being ready for prime time when it comes uh you know, in, in fact, to research, I guess if you wanted to research, you know, like I, I will, then try to, aside from the AI quote about, you know, AI query about is there, what are the best AI stocks? I said, um, I asked it to give me for dividend paying stocks. I said, give me companies that have raised their dividend rates. And I gave it like a specific amount, um, each year that have a payout ratio less than, than amount, a certain amount. And again, it came back with the same thing that, you know, it doesn't have data from, from, um, later than September, 2021. Now, some of that we have the technology ourselves that we can use to research that. So, you know, I, I think, I think like everyone's mentioned, it's going to be useful for some things, not as useful for others. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, there, of course there's hype about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's, it's the unknown of how far, how fast it will go in the, in the future and, and what its use could be. I think you just hit it on the head is as long as there's a margin of error, it's going to be completely useless. Like I, I, I look at, you know, if you go to the doctor and let's say the doctor says to you, Hey, I'm 95% sure what I'm going to tell you today is actually is accurate. You're probably going to want to find another doctor, you know, accuracy is everything when it comes to certain things. Yeah. All right. Well, that just about wraps up today's episode. Just in closing, I would make the same recommendation to everyone that Manoj made to to us. Try it out. You may find it helpful. It may make you more efficient. You know, we've been 
doing some of our book clubs on how to be more efficient, how to utilize your time better. Maybe ChatGPT can help with some of that. So, you know, I don't know how much it would help in the finance space or financial planning right now. So with that being said, uh, if someone wants help with financial planning, we, uh, we're happy to help and you can go to about financial backslash, uh, financial.com backslash call and, um, you know, schedule a consultation with us. And we're happy, obviously, to talk about financial planning, happy to talk about chat GBT and, uh, you know, anything that someone wants to talk about. So thank you everyone for tuning in today. Don't forget to follow the Agent of Wealth on the platform you listen from and leave us a review of the show. We're currently accepting new clients, and if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one consultation with our advisors, please do so at boutusfinancial.com backslash call. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutus Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.